Rob Christensen Radio Network Satellite Studio. It's Jim and Rob over Analyze the Movies. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Jim and Rob over Analyze the Movies, the video podcast for the folks who love to talk about movies as much as they love watching them and perhaps a little more. Uh, tonight we are going to be taking a look at... Uh, uh, George Clooney's latest directorial actor, director, producer uh, effort, The Midnight Sky, actually based on a book by, and if I can pull this up, I'll, uh, ah, yes, based on the book by Lily Brooks Dalton, Good Morning Midnight. And yes, there is an affiliate link below. Anywho, um, with that much out of the way, let's, uh, Let's get rid of that and let's get the trailer going. Come in, Ether. This is Barbo Observatory. Are you receiving this? Is anyone out there? This is Ether. Does any one copy? We're not receiving anything. That puts our last contact with Mission Control out. Three weeks. Why is it so quiet? That's either. It's a spaceship that we hoped would be our future. I have to warn them about the conditions on Earth. I don't know all the details. It started with a mistake. There is an antenna that's stronger than ours. We get to that antenna, they'll hear us. Take a deep breath. In our galaxy alone, there are billions of stars. At least one of them has the potential to support life. I'm thinking a lot about time. Why one person lives a lifetime? Another only gets a few years. We made a promise to our families. You want to be an explorer? Matt! Cut to my voice! But while you're doing all that, your own life is just slipping away. That's why I have to contact them. Before it's too late. Or it's too late. Uh, all right, there you go. Pretty heavy stuff. Anyway, uh, before we get into the meat of the conversation, I bring uh, bring my awesome co-host in. Uh, let's get the ideological ingredients out of the way. Uh, first of all, does it pass the Bechdel test? Yes, if memory serves. Barely, but yes, it does. Uh, could it earn a reframe stamp? One hundred percent, no. Does it have any class? Is it class conscious? No. 
And, well, you know what? Without consciousness, you can't have an analysis. So it doesn't have any class analysis either. Uh, with that out of the way, uh, why don't I bring on my co-host with the most, Mr. Jim Chaboyko. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Dandy. Dandy. Uh, That's awesome to hear. A little myth now that uh, George Clooney has a beard now, too. So, I mean... <laughs> They've caught in and <laughs> caught on in Lake Como, I think, uh, but uh, <laughs> and a glorious whatever. one too. Like I mean, catching up what's this scrubby thing. Uh, <laughs> he took our cue. He's obviously been uh, tuning in. So a fan of the show. <laughs> everyone has a beard. Well, not everyone. Kyle Chandler and Spanish guy. Well, none of the crew did. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Moving on. Yes, he was <laughs> the only male. <laughs> Uh, all right, before we, uh, Jim, it looks like before we get into the meat of it, uh, first of all, I think it's really important for folks to understand that, yes, we are in the spoiler zone. And, uh, you know, when I say we, I mean you. <laughs> uh, we're in the spoiler zone, folks, so keep that in mind uh, as we get into this flick, uh, especially as there is a bit of a twist. So, uh, not, uh, not, I would say plot defining, uh, but a nice little hook at the end. Um, and, uh, what else, Jim? I think uh, we got some folks in the chat. Why don't we say hi to them first? Uh, I saw, uh, right off the bat, Shashank saying hello to everyone else, including Vlad65. Hey, Vlad. <laughs> and uh, Richard and Katie are in the house. <laughs> Good to see. Um, all right. Uh, and uh, a quick comment, uh, Jim, before uh, uh, apparently uh, Richard was saying that in an interview, Clooney said he shaved it off afterward. It was only for the movie. So I guess you and I and our trademark. Yeah. Such that it is, or even Richard. Now, there's Richard's got a glorious beard, like almost Festival de Voyageur worthy. And uh, we will, uh, there'll be a, a, an opportunity to explain that to uh, to our uh, out of Winnipeg folks uh, later in the show. Um, all right, uh, Jim, why don't we uh, make sure this music isn't too loud? And if if the music I've got going on is too loud. I, I uh, please let me know. Um, oh, look at this! We got one more person we should say hi to. The upside Dan, yo Dan. All right, folks. I just saw Dan on uh, Cody's year-end review, so that was uh, that was yes. very cool to see. Yeah, that was uh, that was yeah. Like I mean, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting end to the year. Uh, and you're right, Jim, like we, uh, I was on, folks, you've seen um, Cody from the Brock Upside on the show before, and that's a great cue, Jim, to remind everyone, uh, December 30th, our plan is to have an end of year show. Won't be looking at a particular movie, we're more going to talk about, you know, our faves, our less than faves, chit chat about some of the news, but uh, yes, Cody... And you know what? I'll put a link. I'll pin a link to it. Cody did a great 
review, rewind, uh, including um, uh, our show had a little spot. Uh, I got to talk about uh, how how we were how we were affected and uh, what what YouTube uh, was like for us. So I think it's worth checking out, eh, Jim? Yeah, it was very cool. It was, uh, and Cody was kind enough to shine the spotlight uh, on other people too. Was, mm-hmm. He basically introed it and said, you know, to other YouTubers, what did 2020 mean to you? And I thought it was very generous and, and uh, uh, you know, very sweet-natured uh, uh, year-end video. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, with that out of the way, Jim, what... Uh... Oh, this is an interesting... Uh... Well, you know what? We'll get into comments in a second. Okay, Jim, what what was your... What, what did you think? Yeah, I uh, I just actually finished watching it in the last hour or so. Uh, you know, and and throughout the movie, I was I was trying to sort of determine a couple of things. Whoops, George, sorry, man. Okay, George Clooney's already been to space, uh, clean shaven that time. Uh, but uh, although his character <laughs> his character wasn't exactly in space, but but uh, in this movie. Um, but I was sort of, he's obviously interested. Uh, he also did Solaris, right? A few years ago, a yep. number of years ago now. And so so he's, he's quite open to, to uh, doing science fiction and speculative fiction. All the hunky guys, you know, are getting in on it now. Brad Pitt et al. But um, I, I, while I was watching it, a lot of the shots were almost of the, the undercarriage of the uh, Imperial Destroyer type of shots. Like, you oh, yeah. You're supposed to revel in the wonder of it, and I kind of wonder if this was more meant for a big screen. Apparently, it had been released. It did have a limited yes. big screen I, release. Yeah, I suspect that that's for for Oscar contention. Uh, although I'm not sure if they've changed the rules on that now. Uh, it's also interesting to see the Wikipedia page it says hundred million dollar budget, and it says <laughs> box office sixty two thousand. But that's just so far. Yeah. So it, it, it's a little misleading. Uh, it was good. Uh, we'll get into to the details, I guess. But uh, I, I thought it was a little bit of a pile-on uh, in terms of, okay, he's got cancer or he's, you know, something whatever dialysis or whatever. And then he loses it. And then he almost freezes to death. And, I, I, you know, coming from a cold climate as well, I'm not sure I can square the... it. It's a winter storm, but the ice is breaking. Maybe it's the time of year. You know, there, there's some inconsistencies there. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, that's a whole other uh, kettle of fish. Uh, it, it was good. It was a bit of a pile-on, though, in terms of misery and hurdles. And I sort of thought, I should probably watch The Martian again, because that one seemed to work. And maybe that was all just based on the, the charm of Matt Damon. And yet it was sort of similar in that it's just like one thing after the other. Mm. One problem and he, you know, then they're in space and Matt Damon gets wrapped up in cords and the whole bit. So, uh, yeah, it was just a bit of a pile on. Uh, Not a bad movie. Uh, I was sort of expecting to get a bit twisty at the end. I I wasn't sure exactly how, but uh, what did you think of it? I really enjoyed it, Jim. Um, I I gotta tell you, I I really liked it. 
It it certainly has its problems. Uh, and, and maybe later, just to put a pin in it, I really disagree with the politics of this Planet B backup thing. Like, I really dislike it. Uh, that said, within the confines of the show, uh, I didn't feel the pile-on. I thought they were expected, because you've got... Oh, any of these kind of movies, they are, whether it's out in space or here on the planet, they're all uh, a part of the genre they dip into is the man, uh, man versus nature. Um, and what can nature throw at you? And especially in this where there's no person protagonist, what do you got? Um, you got the weather. You know, yeah. uh, even the wolves, I wasn't, it's like, wow, they're surviving way up north on nothing. <laughs> but couldn't, you know, I mean, throw a polar bear at the guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Jim, I, I, I agree with you. Coming, coming from here, I, getting wet, you know, and our fellow Canadians, especially those who come from colder provinces, will get this viscerally. It's all I could think of is when he got wet, and I want to say it was a midpoint downer. Like, you know, your typical, okay, first act, we set it up, and then he goes, and it's kind of doing well. Well, something's got to blow up at the midpoint to kind of <laughs> make it real. Oh, the stakes rise. And, but, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, all I could think of is, oh, he's effed. He is not surviving. He was soaking wet in minus whatever. I, I don't care if he was able to put some clothes on. He's yeah. done. Done. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, that said, his journey, him and the Iris uh, and the actress's name, the young actress's name. I'm gonna mispronounce the first name because I didn't look it up. My bad. Uh, probably Celin or yeah, Celin no. or something. Uh, uh, Springle. Uh, played the little girl, played little Iris. Uh, I, I was owned by it. I was like owned by the emotion, owned by his drive to, to reach out to these folks. And in some ways, Jim, I don't know about you, I almost saw the, uh, the, the space stuff as a weak Martian. And I was more invested in George Clooney and his yeah. struggle to, to, you know, warn them in time. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, by the end of it, I was quite weepy. Like, I mean, actual tears got really kind of choked up as we know what's happening. And I, and I did, as much as I don't like these, because the other part of this movie, it's an end of the world movie. It's not a dystopia. And there was some terrible, and I'll pull it up on the screen, Jim. Uh, I found, like, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a really awful <laughs> you see there 53 percent, 26 percent for uh the audience mm -hmm. and there's a part of me kind of going what movie did you see although who knows maybe the vast majority of the folks in the chat feel the same way mm -hmm. uh but i was like no it's an end of the world movie there is no saving any like the people who are gonna die are gonna die you know and that's george and the little girl 
you know, and I was like, how are they going to resolve that? There is the twist, which we don't have to reveal immediately. Uh, and uh, but, yeah, I got choked up. I found it a very poignant end. And I was like, this is a good movie and a great and a, and not that we did it on purpose, Jim. But what a great movie to end 2020 with. Yeah. <laughs> There's a sliver of hope, but boy, that, that what a bummer of an end. <laughs> Although not like a down, I, I, I wouldn't call it a down note end. I, you know, it it does end. Uh, life finds a way, you know, or whatever. Like I mean, you know, the the uh, and you know the children are saved, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, so I, I I give it higher points than you do. Now, who knows though? I may feel differently in a few months. This mm-hmm. may be, you know, you, sometimes you see a movie and it really hits you at the right spot. I actually watched this Christmas morning, um, oh. and uh, it just 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 hits you right. And then three months later, so like, what the f- was I thinking? But yeah, right now I'm giving it uh, above average marks. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what do we? We got the chats. Chats really firing. Let's uh, let's see what everyone else what their first take was. Uh, all right. Kind of jumping ahead here. Uh, Vlad, hi from the grumpy one. All right. Um, now Sheshank says uh, so he saw the movie this morning, and it's what he calls an airplane movie. And Sheshank, uh, love to hear what like how do you describe that like. The, the 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 movie you watch on an airplane um that kind of thing uh i yeah anyway please you know let us know what you mean by that um then some back and forth uh another compliment for cody uh the brock upsides uh youtube thing um oh vlad finds the music just coming in a little hot on jim so i can uh i can pull back a little thank you very much vlad i appreciate that Okay, um, oh, more about Cody's chat. <laughs> we should have, I should be pulling it up. We could review that as well. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, uh, Vlad referring to another uh, George in space <laughs> gravity. Um, oh, here's Richard. A fellow Winnipegger, yes, and you don't take a one to two minute dip in the icy Arctic Ocean and just walk it off. <laughs> no, you don't, folks. Shashank, you know, Jelly Duck comes. Uh, uh, Vlad, I think you're in Canada. Um, you know what? I suspect you know. Yeah, it's uh, no, not get, don't get wet. <laughs> All right. Um, Oh, Vlad65 says many negative comments on IMDb about the water scene. Oh. You're not late. You're early, Jelly Doc. Yay. <laughs> Middle East represent. All right. Oh, Jelly Duck does not feel uh, positively about this. Uh, well, it kind of looks like the bad movie in 2020 i wonder um, if he means that 2020 is a bad movie oh that's I, perhaps that's perhaps you're right there just came up i don't know uh if you've uh, if you've seen rob the ad where uh it's a dating app ad 
and the, the devil oh, is meeting yeah. a girl and, and saying, I wish this year would never end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two zero, two zero? Oh, just call me 2020. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, that's a, that, that, a nice, I think it's match.com or yes. some oh, yeah, dating yeah. website. Uh, done by the production company that Ryan Reynolds is involved in some way. I don't know if he owns it or he's a supporter. You know, it's like, Jin, commercial production, acting. We're a Ryan Ryan Reynolds Corporation. (laughs) It's like Reynolds rap, but different. Okay, uh, Richard says, I mostly like the movie and like this genre, but some parts a little predictable. Which crew member was going to die? Um, and thought the ast- the astronaut characters are too cowboyish. I I think that's a. What do you think, Jim? I think that's a for me a yeah, fair assessment. I thought it was interesting the tonal shifts between what was happening on Earth with you know because Clooney was you know kind of barely functioning, Clooney's character uh, Lofthouse, and uh, that the astronauts at that point even though they hadn't been in contact with the earth for weeks, mm-hmm. they were a little bit sort of like, Hey, you know, like they were very loose and very casual. Yeah. Maybe it was sort of a, one of those things is if you keep loose, it doesn't, you know, it, 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 it sort of negates some of the anxiety. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought that uh, I thought that there was a real distinct tonal difference, probably on purpose between the spaceship and the, and the weather station. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, you know, I could have done with less of the spaceship and more of the, more of Clooney, but, you know, I, yeah. I, I do want to, and I'm not just mentioning it again. Um, <laughs> I'm not just mentioning it again because it, it uh, meets, uh, it fits my uh, financial interest, uh, but I think I'm going to pick up this book. Uh, affiliate link in the description below uh, because I was I'd like to see what the what drew these folks to this to this property mm-hmm. you know what was it about the written story that was uh, such that they're like this is the one we want to adapt mm-hmm. this is our the Martian um, uh, you know uh, our Martian but with feeling um, yeah all right, let's get back to the chat for a sec- Oh, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. I was just going to say I saw comparisons to this and uh, Emily Mandel's, uh, Emily St. John Mandel's Station 11, which I read this summer. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I don't, it sort of feel like they're from the same era, uh, kind of, but uh, another sort of end of the world y kind of thing. And, uh, gotcha. yeah. um, Vlad, uh, Vlad65 says, I compared this film to War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. Human species in jeopardy, all to show what a great dad can be like uh, War of the Worlds a lot more. Liked War of the Worlds a lot more. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I can see that, but I didn't... Hmm. We gotta, well, I'm going to put a pin on this. I, I see where you're coming from, Black 65. I wasn't sure I was quite reading it that way. Were you, Jim? You know, any I, I don't know how many different movies I, I wrote down while I was watching this in my notes, but uh, War of the Worlds didn't come up for me. It's just amazing how 
when you watch a movie, it, it triggers memories of about a dozen other things, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, gen, gen, generally. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, there's obviously issues. I of thought of I Am Legend. <laughs> fatherhood. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Although that really is a post-apocalypse, not a end of the world flick. I also thought a little bit about uh, life. Uh, as, uh, you know, the, it's a horrible title, but that that uh, it, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, he's in that. Gyllenhaal, uh, who else is in that? Uh, basically, the spaceship. Oh, and being, they bring back. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it, it doesn't sort of end well for anybody, but. Uh, you know what that does remind me of is that space vampire movie, Life Force, from when we were kids. Wow. <laughs> That's a deep dive. <laughs> I had the Lego uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Um, you know what? We'll come. Uh, Vlad, I, 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 thanks for that. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, that's an interesting, interesting view. I didn't quite see him as... I didn't quite see it like that, but I could, I kind of see, I, I see it a little more that way now. So thanks for bringing that up. Uh, Shashank chimes in. What the, the chat is chatty. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Okay. Shashank. Basically what I meant is a film that you enjoy while it's playing, but forget the moment it's at, it's over. Okay. I've had experiences like that watching movies on airplanes. <laughs> Awesome! I think that should become like a, uh, 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 you know, Shashank's particular contribution, much like the baby test. This will be uh, Jim and Rob over analyze movies. Oh, uh, is it is it an airplane movie? <laughs> is this what we're talking about? Yeah. Thanks for thanks for uh, g giving us some clarification on that. Goes a little deeper. Awesome, man. Okay, Richard. Um, Richard L says. Hollywood always casts cowboys as spacecraft personnel. Cowboys are fine on the range, but too risky to have on a spacecraft and would be 100% screened out. Yeah. I would agree with that. What do you think, Jim? Well, I, I think in this case, and it kind of sounds ridiculous, but I think you have to differentiate between space... Space cowboys? Astronauts and then soldiers, because the first thing I think of is aliens, too. And how they're all mm. just a bunch of sort of coked up bros uh, wanting to take out uh, aliens, you know. The, the well, I don't think uh, that was as much a space movie as that was Vietnam on another yeah. planet. Yeah. You know, it was any Vietnam movie on it, another I mean, planet. That is sort of a, a, a not movies as, Viet, as space movies as Vietnam, but just generally the soldier in space, like Starship, mm -hmm. Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Those kinds of things where it's you're. It's almost like a war movie, yeah. yeah. Uh, you follow him, a, a group from training or landing to you know further on in the adventure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think you, now if you watch the Tom Hanks Apollo, help me out here, eight Apollo 11, 13. 13. 13. Uh, 13. Uh, 13. And and I, I think they're a little bit more precise and exact. They're they're probably more responsible. You know, they might have a bit of a twang, but I I, yeah. I, I, I don't think they're, you know, literal cowboys uh, in that yeah. one. They're probably no, more space, yeah. space guys. I I agree with you. I uh, I mean, these guys were too cowboy 
they did. It was restrained, but I think uh, I agree with you. I agree with Richard. Uh, and I did think of this, especially when the played by Kyle Chandler, the Mitchell character is, well, I'm not doing that. And it's like uh, the Martian, I think, did a pretty damn good job at kind of showing how they all listen to the person in charge. They're actually a lot. They're all cool under pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, the... Um, the the woman uh, played by Tiffany Boone, Maya, the Maya mm-hmm. character, and oh, we're worried. This is the first time she's outside, and I'm like, I don't see NASA ever. She's never been outside, like outside of the ship. It's like, yeah, I'm not buying that. Um, which is, and again, another reason why myself. So yeah, I'm 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 with you both on this. Richard does go further. Personnel would be engineers and Ph. D's trained to follow military orders, even at the cost of their life. I suppose it might be harder for audiences to relate to those people or for drama to be inserted. I, I'm not, uh, not quite sure they're that they're not like fanatics. I think they're all just super chill people. Like they're really good at finding people who can be with other people calmly and chilly for in a tin can for a year or more. Mm-hmm. Like that seems to be there's psychological screening, not so much for push the button, turn the key thing, but just being chill. Yeah. Yeah. You know, knowing their role, working through problems. There's no, when are you going to get that med pack to us? It's like, I, first of all, I didn't think there'd be that much mileage to cover. Yeah. Again, why why I enjoyed the George Clooney part more. Just more emotional heft. You know, this is like kind of, eh, not really buying that. Uh, wouldn't there be a med pack where they'd think there'd be problems? Yeah. The airlock, for instance. Uh, the one minute, oh, the time's ticking. She's dying. She's bleeding out, man. Um, if you remember, uh, or if you've seen First Man... Uh, about um, Neil Armstrong with uh, mm-hmm. our own Ryan Gosling, uh, uh, he's a lot cooler. Like he's he's almost distant, like the the George Clooney character. Yeah. Like he's sort of untouchable and not particularly communicative, um, and just sort of on you know a little bit in dreamland there. Uh, mm-hmm. But but you know attentive. But mm-hmm. there's a distance there. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I like it, it, but it, it, no, like, uh, they had to amp it up a little in Apollo 13. You hear the, you hear the actual tapes, the actual recordings of those astronauts. As there was an onboard explosion, they're like, Houston, we have a problem. Check. Stand by. You know, it's just calm, chill, go through the little checklists, figure it out, you know, tell us what we need to do. Like, they're all just, like, they're super calm, you know? Yeah, yeah like, so the, you know, whereas the, you know, kind of, actually, Jim, it reminds me, when, what I believe it's called Annihilation, was that sci-fi, The Glimmer, with um, Natalie Portman and yeah, yeah. 
and you <laughs> talked about you know with the guys and there's if it was all guys there'd be that moment of posturing who's in charge and I wouldn't say that there's posturing about who is in charge, but here in this one, there's some posturing, you know, yeah, yes, that masculine a, posturing. There's a really good, um, I think I've recommended it before, but there's a really good podcast called uh, 15 Minutes to the Moon that's put out by BBC, and they actually go over, they analyze the transcript of the landing, and they tell you who's who. And which who's ones excitable, what? and which ones uh, a little bit mellow, and who's yeah. you know. So it's a super deep dive, but it's worth the well time. Done. Oh, absolutely, okay. yeah. Jim, can you rem- uh, let's put a pin in that? Maybe we could throw uh, we could throw that in a uh, in a pinned reference uh, in the description later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ahmed is uh, screwing with us, I believe, Jim. He's wondering what George Clooney looks like. Here, I'll, I can show part of him right there. <laughs> That's a great that poster, by the way. His glorious beard. <laughs> I really, that's the one that's on the Wikipedia page. It's, it's quite a nice one. Yeah. All right. Uh, Katie. She says, the movie poster was misleading. Where are the Northern Lights? They've landed. That was the problem. They <laughs> 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 got here. Yeah. Hey, speaking of it, for, for everyone here, did uh, for the folks who've seen the show, for you, Jim, I'm kind of curious. Was anyone... I found I was a little bugged by the fact that they just the event and they didn't, you know, I could have, I could have done with some, some, um, explanation, some, yeah, just so, a little more than, Oh, the air is bad, you know? And, and the bizarro view of the world where it's like, uh, I don't think it would look, anything would look like that. You know, anyway, I'm kind of curious. Well, uh, yeah, it's sort of a technique, I think, that they uh, often use in this type of writing so as to not detract from the story, I think, or, or to kind of cover up, uh, you know, their lack of knowledge. <laughs> but yeah. uh, and also, to, you know, to, to as a detour around two or three months of research that they would mm-hmm. probably have to do. But, um, but yeah, typically, I, I kind of... I. I think it's kind of entertaining to f- try to figure out what happened. Mm. Uh, George Clooney said that it was an accident. Uh, it obviously involved radiation, so I don't know. Mm. Something to do with the Hadron Collider. He says well, uneducated. There's all these clusters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's like an but, event of global scale. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I. In other, sometimes in other books, they spell out a few more things so you can kind of figure it out. Uh, this one, not so much. I think you got about two or three clues. Ah, they did mention Winnipeg. I don't know if you saw the. the oh, Winnipeg I did not movie. catch that play. It was at the very 10 or 15 minutes when Clooney's looking at a map, and it's sort of the map itself is sort of. Google Earth Lake sort of traveling northward, and there's mm-hmm. Winnipeg right in the middle there. So, oh, cool! <laughs> All right, uh, to the uh, back to the chat. Uh, Shashank, 
I felt that we needed a bit more of a backstory for Clooney's character. Uh, he didn't root for him. Having said that, the relationship between the girl and Clooney was very well done. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I, uh, here, let me, uh, I should get on the screen here. Uh, yeah, Sheshank, I'm, uh, I, yeah, I can't, I can't say you're wrong. Um, but I do think we did get that backstory, you know, in the whole, uh, in the whole, the younger man and his, his, no, I'm focused on the work and I'm going to save humanity. So I'm going to ignore my girlfriend and, you know, uh, oh, we maybe had a child together. Oh, it looks like we did have a child together. I thought that backstory was enough. Like, actually, you know what? It's kind of like when I'm talking about, I don't need a super detailed explanation of what the event is. I just need a little bit so I'm not thinking about it as we're moving forward in the movie. More just to kind of, I needed a little check mark there. Um, uh, whereas I felt we got enough of his backstory to kind of get his motivation and that emotional hook at the end. But yeah, Shashank, I, yeah, if it wasn't working for you, it wasn't working for you. I'm wondering for everybody else in the thing, you know, or uh, they feel the same way as Shashank does. And it's like, you, you needed more to root for George. Yeah, I, I sort Do of we have to root in and because we don't actually get his name until the end. Hmm. Like we don't, we're not explicitly told they did some good voice work, but we're not explicitly told that the younger man and George Clooney are the same character. I, you know, and if that and that may if you miss that. All of a sudden, this movie is a totally, and I don't mean you miss it like you're wrong. More, if, if, if it didn't communicate that, yeah, this movie is a different experience and not a po and not in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's an interesting comment again from Shashank. Remind him of Oblivion in a weird way. I thought of Oblivion, Jim, and your comment about, oh, it's like Omni. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the production design of these, uh, of that super slick, modern, high tech space they're in with the big windows. And I'm like, again, we're from the northern. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't see that happening up north. There's a window that'll break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a hard way to keep heat in. <laughs> Wait, which one's Oblivion again? Oblivion with Tom Cruise. Uh, oh, yeah. Tom Cruise. Uh, Olga Kurilenko and oh, the British woman. Fudge, I can't. I can't remember. So, perhaps somebody from the Belmoral Street research irregulars will chime in on that. All right. Uh, but what what did you guys? What did you think, Jim, on on what Shashank's saying about that Oblivion reference? Ah, uh, you know, I'd have to watch Oblivion again. It's uh, it's sort of lost to me it, you know, an airplane you, movie for you I'll, I'll give you a couple others that it reminded me of in the in the sense that no one's in charge um and and there's actually no everybody's on their own well and there's no higher power that's going to kind of come and get you there's two things that it reminded me of last hmm. night i was up a little bit late and uh, just sitting downstairs uh, with my daughter we we're just chatting and and uh, TCM was playing uh, the Poseidon Adventure, <laughs> and and like the oh, original, okay. 
And it's actually, and, and my daughter, who's who's uh, not of the generation that's going to be watching Poseidon Adventure, probably, unless we force her to, um, uh, she said, wow, this looks like it costs money, <laughs> you know, when the <laughs> ship sort of goes over. So she was sort of impressed by that. And I thought, Oh, which Poseidon Adventure the is? One. The old one. The original. The OG. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, you know, if you like that, wait till you see Gene Hackman as a priest. Uh, but uh, so sort of nobody's in charge of that. He says to the purser, uh, you know, I watched it for twenty minutes. Yeah. He says to the purser at one point, "There's no one coming to rescue us. You know, we're at the bottom of the ship. We got to sort of do it on our own." And there's there's a big sort of a do-it-yourself kind of theme. And as we've learned about shipwrecks, even here on this planet, is uh, a fair chunk of the time the captain and crew are going to bugger off and leave. Leave the passengers in charge. Exactly. And the other thing that it reminded me of was uh, the the HBO series Avenue Five, uh, something else with a horrible name, but it's a spaceship, uh, a cruise ship. That's a spaceship mm-hmm. in the future, lost in space. It sort of took the wrong orbit, and uh, it, instead of a two week or three week cruise, it becomes a about a six or seven year cruise, and they're all stuck on this. And, and there's sort of nobody in charge. An Captain, upscale, yeah, incompetent Gilligan's officer. Island. There's the science officers no one listens to. Uh, the captain's an actor. The rich guy's an idiot. And, you know, the guy who owns the whole thing is an idiot. And, and the, 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 you know, the, the, uh, the, the people on board, they're just a, a sort of an angry mob. So it's sort of a couple of things that this, this a little bit reminded me of. Just in, in, in a tertiary way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're uh, let's uh, get back to the comments. Um, oh, excuse me. Terrible belch. My apologies, folks. Uh, okay, Vlad sixty five. Going back to the fatherhood reference, and I, I'm, I'm 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 grooving on what you're saying here, Vlad. Fatherhood was quite large in both this and uh, War of the Worlds at the end. Um, yeah, in that. Uh, I, I, I think you're kind of like when the young boy, the teen boy, her, his son, Tom Cruise's War of the Worlds character's son, buggers off and it's just him and the little girl and it gets super perilous, much like this and post the falling in water and then the wolves, these magical wolves, again, not a polar bear to be seen, but wolves. <laughs> wolves. And crows. Uh, so yeah, I, I I get where you're coming from there, uh, Vlad. Yeah, um, and, and crows. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They got blown up. It's happening too quickly. What the? F- you know. Or, they or the the or ugliest. They, they flew. Uh, I was thinking there maybe they were there and they flew out of it and up north. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, now, Richard commented to Vlad, didn't see uh, War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise, but Hollywood does seem to try and insert the great dad trope into a lot of space movies. I'm, I'm wondering if, like, uh, that sort of comes with the territory of maybe not, but any of those, is it space movies or end of the world movies? Mm-hmm. Or the world is at threat? 
because uh, you see it in like I mean, uh, as, as Richard's commenting on this, I was like, I immediately thought of Armageddon, which really went over the top with that. Like I mean, boy, just taking the sledgehammer to that poor nail. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of see what you're saying. Um, now, Katie agrees with Shashank on the airplane movie analogy. Ahmed is space in Vietnam. How did they invade it? Um, <laughs> I, uh, Ahmed, what I recommend is see Aliens. Not Alien, the first movie, but Aliens. Um, it really is, came out in the 80s. It really is very, it's a, a Vietnam War movie just set on, set in space, set on another planet. Uh, see that movie, it kind of, it sets everything up here. Whereas here, this is not uh, in any way similar. Like, especially really the spaceship, they're barely in space in Aliens. They land, all their action happens on, you know, their their ship is basically automated. Um which actually, you think about it, that's most of space travel automation. Um, all right. Vlad says, remember Clint gave us space cowboys? He did. <laughs> and it was all that blustering, posturing thing with some old men. <laughs> old white men going, I'm still relevant. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay, uh, Shashank, I think if the movie came out in any, not quite, in any, I wouldn't get into it, but this film had some staying power. Um, seems relevant in the times we live in. Yeah. <laughs> Again, a little more explanation on, what, on the event that, sort, that really does trigger everything, you know? I, and I am a little shocked that NASA wouldn't have given a little ringy-dingy. Yeah. Up to the uh, way, Vlad <laughs> Lol, yes, from Richard. Okay, Richard L. What were you about to say, Jim? Sorry, no, I just I was oh, just okay. keying into the last thing. Okay, Richard L. I liked The Martian, thought it was more science based and less cowboyish. Yeah, there was no cowboy it, going back to that super hyper NASA thing. You know, I think the big quote that came out of it was, I'm going to science the shit out of this. Yeah. The most cowboy. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Shashank makes comment about Kyle Chandler's portrayal. Uh, is it just me or does Kyle Chandler play Kyle Chandler in every movie? He seems so typecast. He may be very, could very well be suffering from typecast. What do you think, Jim? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen everything he's been in, but he, you know, he's the sort of, you know, often the Midwestern, uh, you know, competent man. Uh, I can't remember. Was it called Early Edition? He was in this TV show about a guy who used to get a magical newspaper. Am I wrong about this? Every morning, yes, and, the and Early he, Edition. It was called yes. Early and, Edition. And he got this magical newspaper that would have a headline. And it was his job to prevent the headline from happening. Usually it was something bad. And it was his job to sort of get in the way or, or, or something like that, which sounds on paper like a disaster, but it's 
you know, kind of interesting, I guess. Would you agree with me, Jim, that he really was uh, in that? It was like he was a Paul Rudd character. Yeah. Like Paul Rudd's more kind of serious brother, but uh, yeah. Oh, I know. I'm talking about in that show. In that show? Uh, in that in that show, there's a lot looser. You're a little more loose, yeah. Yeah, He's, like it was just a friendlier gig, you know? He was the uh, coach in uh, Friday Night Lights about, yeah. uh, about football for years, for those who don't know, high school football. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I guess he's always sort of a, 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 an authority figure. I was a little bit confused because it sounded like he was ordering, uh, I was under the impression in this movie that David, uh, Olo, Oyelowo, 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 David O, <laughs> David O, uh, he Oyelowo, <laughs> yeah, anyway, continue. Uh, sort of said we're not gonna we're not we're not going back to k23 and i thought i thought david was in charge not he is in charge yeah that was the whole posturing point we did not need yes yeah could have been dealt with could have been dealt with straight and been as emotionally impactful and that was sort of the part that reminded me of uh of uh, Poseidon Adventure because it was Gene Hackman and Ernest Borgnine at the start anyway in a real pissing contest that was mm-hmm. sort of like like Borgnine had, a, had an issue with everything that Hackman said because who are you some kind of leader or tough guy it follows him anyway anyway yeah well and that goes back to that posturing that mm-hmm. some movies insist on having now well, that also could be that the talent because you know you get so many characters in a room. And they are actors. It's they got to react to each other. So somebody says, "Screw it! I'm going to put some. I'm going to put a little top spin on this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a little curve in this." Um, I'm and wondering. Movies are, um, hmm? Movies are about conflict too. I yeah. Mean, the, you know. So how do you? You know. And and I don't. Again, the the I, I think of, of the two. And that's the thing. The The Martian just wasn't that long ago. We know what a good space movie is. And so they're all being judged at that bar. And a lot of them are found wanting. Um, in part, even the m- multiple accidents they have in in space. And it's like, I, I, you know what? I don't think people understand just how big space is. There's a reason most spacecraft, no, not most, all spacecraft going to Mars have made it through the asteroid belt. Because, you know, because yeah. they're so, it's so, well, wait a second. Is the asteroid belt between us and Mars or between Mars and Jupiter? Because the pilots are awesome. <laughs> the, the robot pilots. The robots. But even all the ones that go to Jupiter make it to Jupiter and then they fail or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's uh, the 99% of all matter in the solar system is in the sun. The asteroid belt is barely a planet spread out over this incomprehensibly large space. So you have a a thing on average every 100,000 miles 
or kilometers. Six, you know, tomato, tomato, when you're dealing with these distances in three dimensions. So it's literally, oh, we haven't mapped this? No. <laughs> it's like, no, we're going to go. And if you see something coming, maybe steer out of it, you know? I know what you mean. Yeah. I drove out to Steinbach today. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to the comments. Uh, and folks, thank you so much for keep chiming in and having your own side conversation because we're taking so long. <laughs> uh, okay, here's Shashank kind of repeating his earlier comment, putting a little clarification on it. Uh, I think if this, this is Shashank saying, I think if this movie came out in an, any other year, he wouldn't get into it. But it coming out in 2020 meant it had some staying power. Seems kind of relevant. And that could very well be why I liked it as much as I did. Like I said, I watched it on Christmas morning. You know? I'm a single man with no children. What, what am I going to do? Oh, well, it's on television. Um, Alright, uh, Richard. Richard agrees with Shashank about, uh, he says, at Shashank, yes, Chandler is the same character, character in all the roles I've seen him play. Uh, yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, whether it be typecasting or casting by choice, he's got a great look and can deliver a certain role. And that could very well have been what they cast. It's like, no, 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 do do the thing we know you can do. Thanks. Do, not, 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 <laughs> this film isn't about you, except when we make you the focus of the scene. <laughs> um, Vlad. Vlad 65, Richard, War of the Worlds was a Spielberg flick, and he really does have a thing about kids, dads, and his movies. Oh, yeah, you could say Spielberg. That's his whole oeuvre, really. Well, that and the MCU. MCU's got a lot of father-son dynamic there. Interestingly enough, it's in this movie, it's not about, it's never about the daughter's relationship with the dad. You know, the yeah. the actual daughter never brings him up and not in a bad way or anything. Like, she has no issues about it. Obviously, the mother, mother did a great job at raising her. Um, you know, it's about his issues. Sophie Rundle, what a monster. I can see how you'd avoid her. <laughs> she is the actress who played uh, the mother... Yeah, uh, Sull Mrs. Sullivan, Mrs. old lady Sullivan. Sullivan. She's been in tons of uh, uh, English television yeah. and, and uh, yeah. all over the place. But uh, yeah. yeah, all right. Uh, Shashank uh, uh, commenting. I was in the minority, but I didn't like First Man either. There you go. There you go, it's, Jim. It was very different. It was a very different uh, kind of movie. Yeah. Well, and I'm wondering if some of that uh, is about expectations. We're so trained to think of uh, these people. Oh, it's going to be another heroic overcoming adversity to achieve greatness for the nation, you know, mm -hmm. and for himself. And from I have not seen it yet, but from what I understand, it really is more of a character study. Yeah. You know. Um, all right. The Upside Dan chimes in. I haven't watched the first man. I haven't watched first man yet. I liked the Martian. I haven't even watched Midnight Sky. Ha ha. It's okay. <laughs> ha ha. It's, hey, you're warned, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> if you're still here, you're good. And you know what? 
in the end, there's only so much a movie can accomplish in a couple of hours. You hear enough from everyone else. You can contribute. Anyone can make an intelligent contribution because it's a movie. You know, it, it it's not gene splicing. All right. Um, Shashank. Apollo 13 is my favorite space film, followed by Interstellar. What are both of yours in the chat's favorite space films? Do you want to leave that for the That's, last hour or so? Or? Yeah, I think, yeah, let's, uh, we'll put a pin on that. We'll come back to that. Um, oh, Vlad. Yes, I agree with it. Vlad's, oh, yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> I totally, totally get that. Vlad, yep. Vlad saying to Sheshank, I honestly confused Kyle Chandler with the late Robert Foster. Chandler could be his younger brother and plays a similar, plays similar character. You know, say in the same class of characters. You know, the thing that you guys have in common also is a full effing head of hair. (laughs) I just looked Chandler. Oh, and thick. 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 Manly hair. A, could be a mane. Son of a bitch. Forster, too. Right up until he died. Full head of hair. Yep. How, how do you have an unhappy day? No, I'm just kidding. All right. The Upside Dan. I'm not a huge space movie guy. The Martian, Alien, and Aliens are his favorites. Wasn't crazy about gravity. Okay. All right. Uh, Shashank talking about context complimenting uh, the Upside Down on his choices. Ah, Vlad goes, the event, hated it. Let's us humans off the hook as it didn't show the consequences of what we did. Do we really want to do that with another planet? Sorry. Well, and this, Jim, gets right to the heart of the whole Planet B BS. Mm -hmm. Um, It's why I do think uh, it's... uh, Elon Musk is a super villain. <laughs> but I'll say this now, and it will not be the last time I say it. Uh, I've thought it before, but I'm saying it now. We, if we cannot, I don't know where, and people really think this stuff. It's now just become kind of a standard thing. You don't even have to explain it anymore. People say, oh, of course we want another planet. We're going to need one. We're, we're wrecking this one. And it's like, well, maybe stop wrecking this one. I, I, I'm blown away that, and and people who should know better will talk about a plan B and how we have to get off the planet and spread our risk. And it's like, we can't manage ourselves on this one. Where do you, how do you think that's going to work out? And you're selling something that the vast majority I, I don't know where people think, well, we have to do something. And it's like, why would you do this? You're not going. I'm not going. None of us in this chat are going. We're not getting on that ship. You know, like it's, it's, it's insane. It's an insane fantasy. Yeah. And this one leans into it almost lazily. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, we got to find another place because, you know, we can't control ourselves here. What the? What? Some are magically going to do it better somewhere else. F that bullshit. Well, there's even a line where uh, George Clooney's uh, character 
Augustine says, uh, what does he say now? He says, I'm, we didn't take we very didn't take good care of it. <laughs> of the planet while you're away. And he sort of says it in a jokey kind yeah. of way, but, uh, you know, what again, they were, but before they left, we were taking really good care of it. Yeah. All right, Richard, I was thinking the event must be nuclear war, given all the major cities that were radiation centers. Yeah, that's, but they don't just give us something more than the event. Oh, well, we all got to go. A bit of a BS excuse on why there might be a kid with them to, to lead us away from the twist. Um, Vlad did see Winnipeg and Vancouver. I think the chat is like, 20 minutes ago and what we were talking about <laughs> and has moved way ahead. All right. I'm going to whip through some of these things. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Shashank. I felt that was some lazy writing on the part of the writers, not to mention what exactly happened. What do you, what do you think, Jim? Lazy or lazy or a choice? I think it's, you know, you only have two hours. You have, you, there's things, essentially, there's things you want to establish. And it's like mm-hmm. the conversation we had about tone last week, is that you make a conscious decision to spend your time on either this tone or this fact. And I, yeah. I think it's a choice. It, it's a choice throughout. I'm just trying to think of other similar. Uh, do we know what happened in the stand? I think we do. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. In detail. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. There, yeah. there are Captain other Trips was a flu started yeah. in a lab. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to mil- weaponize it. It got out. Yeah, there, there's. It, it, I read that a million years ago. But um, uh, there are other books and movies where they don't quite. They don't quite uh, with with the novel Station Eleven. It's it's a fast acting flu that goes through and wipes mm-hmm. out everyone. Um, that apparently is soon to be turned into an HBO series it's, in the next. No, it's years. already on. It's a CBS series going on now. Station Eleven. Uh, uh, CBS All Access. You got to do the online thing, I think. Okay, but yeah, uh, it's happening now. There's reviews of the second episode already out. Okay. All right. Uh, this day and age, there's just so much to keep track of. It's yeah. kind of insane. Uh, but th- there are other there are other ones. Yeah. I'll let you get back to the comments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not. It could have been lazy writing or lazy. St- let's let's call it lazy storytelling if we're going to call it anything, because who knows? We, we don't get to see the script before it was locked, you know, so I'm always kind of nervous about picking on particular thing. Um I think if there's one of the tough things, and again, if you got that storyline in space and you don't keep that under control and keep that tight, um, you're that, uh, like, I think the storyline in space was the weakest one, but then it takes away time. Like you said, you got to, all of a sudden you're, you're giving over time to that. You got to take away something from what I think was the A plot. Space was the B plot. Um, all right, Shashank, excellent voice work for the younger version of the character. I, I suspect it was actually Clooney, and they tweaked it. Oh. Yeah, I think uh, I think they they a little little post production work. Oh, but you know what? That would be something out there on the internet. You know, yeah. 
Uh, Ahmed says, uh, George Clooney creates an iTunes playlist and fills it with various cartoon soundtracks. Clooney tunes. <laughs> you got you again. <laughs> He's a good one. Yeah, but he gets a good one. That's yeah, awesome. Man. Okay, skipping that. Skipping the lols. Nothing, no offense, guys, but, uh, you know. All right. Uh, Richard, regarding Ernest Borgnine and Gene, Ernest Borgnine and Gene Hackman. Saw it again a few years ago, referring to the Poseidon Adventure, and don't think it aged well. <laughs> the remake starring Kurt Russell, however, is still unbelievably worse. <laughs> I still have not seen the remake. I do remember the original as part of that great 70s era of disaster films, like the 82 airports that there were and everything. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Shashank couple of movies reminded me of apart from oblivion the revenant and castaway huh well they're both like how do you cope with the environment you know that and i shouldn't say it always is but i think in a way it always is like i think about the wild with reese witherspoon and she was not struggling against the environment. Like the environment wasn't her key enemy. It was really in some ways her friend. Although she did have to overcome stuff. Yeah. When we're, when it, it, it seems to be a very masculine, heavy storytelling, uh, uh, genre, the man versus nature, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yes, if anyone knows a woman versus nature kind of narrative, uh, chime in. It could be just, you know, I'm not even, I, they're not popping up in my head. But I don't think wild is that. Like, I think Reese Witherspoon and her journey through the wild. God, that was a good movie. Not a fan of Reese Witherspoon, but damn, I love that movie. Well, love's a strong word, but you know what I mean. World of War, War of the Worlds. Uh, Ahmed is an ap- uh, apocalyptic space movie, isn't it? Hmm. Good question. It's verging there, yeah. I think it could be. I think the tele- the, the most recent British remake is an apocalyptic or a, almost mm-hmm. a post-apocalyptic. You know, you're, you're, you straddle the whole invasion. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Richard chimes in. Yes, great dad trope. Not just space movies, but wider sci-fi end-of-world movies. I, I think believe referring to Vla- some of Vlad's earlier comments. Now, Jelly Duck. Oh, I get your point, what you're saying about aliens, but not the movie. <laughs> not 100% sure what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> But we could figure that out. It'll dawn on me. I'm just kind of slow. Okay, Richard L. Uh, in the 1990s, a single tiny paint chip nearly took out a space shuttle windshield, so that space debris, so that space debris would have done far worse than this movie depicted. Oh yeah, it would have been demolished. <laughs> oh yeah. But you look at we have created uh, a bubble, or let's say a, a layer of trash around the planet which back to my supervillain comments about elon musk he's adding to there's going to be thousands of his stupid little satellites isn't there one with a car in it 
Well, that's actually on a really long, it's basically now orbiting the sun as opposed to Earth. (laughs) Think it meets up with us in a hundred years or something. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Richard. Like, I mean, they just, I mean, mind you, it is a space movie, but less of that, we could have had a different crisis. Or did we even need a crisis there? Could it have been them having existential conversations about, you know, what, oh, what are we going to do? Them trying to make plans to figure out how they're going to manage this. You know, that could have been the space conflict instead of, oh, well, it's so some space debris at them. Uh, the Upside Down. I don't know if it's a hot take, but I didn't like The Revenant. It was boring. Yes, Leo gave a good performance, but I feel like he deserved an Oscar for other movies he's been in. That wouldn't be the first time the Oscars went, ooh, I guess it is his turn. Well, this wasn't awful. Here you go. What do you think of that? Hot take or no, Jim? Uh, A lot of people, you know, I think, wasn't that the year that uh, Birdman was up against uh, The Revenant? Or am I thinking of the same director? (laughs) Anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, I think, uh, uh, somebody said some, again, I'm not sure if it was, I, I think we've discussed this before, uh, whether it was the Birdman or Revenant, uh, uh, I think the quote was, uh, best director doesn't, you know, best directed picture doesn't mean the most directed picture. <laughs> so. uh, all right. So, um. Uh... You know what? Uh, Shashank agrees with uh, uh, the upside down on the Revenant. Um, Katie, this is and yeah, I feel like blaring Sweet Caroline while doing important spacecraft repairs would be a poor life choice, especially put on by the guys in charge. <laughs> oh well, this isn't distracting at all. As you do fine work. <laughs> I, I was worried that they'd have that playing over like the they're just some work. electrical workers, you yeah. know, <laughs> the job site. I saw, I foresaw a violent death montage during that song. I thought, ooh, this is going to be yeah. weird. But they, yeah. the music stopped before they got hit by the meteor yeah. shower or wherever the hell it was. Yeah, I'm sure it's you know it's a great way to show camaraderie in that. Like I think yeah. the when they do that, they they have a different purpose. Mm-hmm. It's just that they could have done that. It was. The better space movie, The Martian, um, used music regularly, but never at points like this. You know, it was either part of the soundtrack or, yeah, he's working on something else, but he's not doing, anytime he was doing fine stuff, he was, it was silent. You were with him doing his thing. All right. Uh, Lost in the Real. Sean, my friend, welcome. <laughs> and so sorry it took us this long to get to you. <laughs> Active chat. All right. The Upside Down, right there with you. The Revenant was beautiful to look at, and Leo was great, but whew, what a slug to get through. It's, it's, it's like our chat's reviewing a whole other movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like they've checked out already. They're like, oh, well, we never movie. really watched the one they're talking about. Let's just go on our own. <laughs> That's, That's okay. awesome. That's cool. 
All right. Uh, speaking of which, Lost in the Real, uh, great. Uh, another great review uh, and comment channel. Go check them out. Yep, uh, yep. Sean's a good guy. And Sean, you do, if you're still here, hope you are, you're going to like our announcement at the end on what we're looking at next week. Um, all right. Uh, Richard, uh, back at Katie. Uh, fortunately, this movie did not p- depict any harm to babies. No babies harmed. Even the child gets through. Part of the reason I got quite yeah. misty. All right. Okay. Uh, so back and forth. Uh, thank you very much, Richard. Richard L., one of the, as you see in the end credits, the Belmoral <laughs> Street Research Irregulars uh, asteroid belt is between Mars and Jupiter. Okay. Uh, thanks very much, Richard. Uh, okay. Uh, Shashank. There's something about the movie which made me want to watch it alone on an island. I had a similar feeling with gravity. Didn't like the movie, but portions of it clicked. No, I, I'm buying that. Mm-hmm. You know, well, yeah, it's again, there's like, uh, and especially something like this, where it really is in a way too. you got two storylines. Um, and it sounds like we're all in agreement that the space storyline was the weakest, you know? And then, yeah, again, maybe there's, let's say, some storytelling choices made it fat. And they could have brought a little more, or maybe just made a tighter movie. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Jim, on that? Yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of funny. I uh, Watching this on... Uh, uh, Netflix, I sort of they had that option when you slide your cursor along the along the, the, the there's a little line that sort of represents the length of the movie and when you slide your cursor it gives you a little thumbnail of each scene you're going through and the last of the last 25 minutes after I finished I sort of went over it and, and two thirds mm-hmm. of it was the space was the folks in space Wow. And there's a little bit of George Clooney's character, Augustus or Augustine. And uh, then it went back to, and it ended on them. And it just sort of faded out as they did sort of, you know, again, a kind of a, a graduate uh, ending where they just kind of go, OK, what now? <laughs> you know, it looks like it's, <laughs> I guess it's like it's the back to work. Right. And then they <laughs> sort of he grabs her hand for a second. Yeah. And they go, OK. Oh yeah, I got to refresh this, and I got to do that, and they do their own monitor stuff, and then he takes off. She's they got work to do. Yeah, and they, they got to run a ship yeah. that was designed with six crew members. <laughs> now they got two, and a baby on the way. Let's see, now. now there again, this uh, it's weird fantasy. They will start anew. No, they're gonna die alone. It's yeah. gonna be awful. That look at me at the duck. Okay, Vlad, I got to push back here. Vlad65 comments, I think the Sweet Caroline scene really didn't work for a film set in 2049. No. <laughs> Neil Diamond, timeless. No. <laughs> timeless. <laughs> Hashtag Neil Diamond, timeless. <laughs> And now, although I haven't released it because I'm a terrible producer, Jim. Uh-huh. Jim and I did a whole thing on 
you know, guilty pleasures. Uh, and I feel awful about this, you guys. One of my guilty pleasures is for crying out loud. Honestly, it is the Big Bang Theory. But one of its most redeeming moments, it had this weird storyline, all the characters being just terrible, atrocious to each other, except two of them who find their mutual love of Neil Diamond. And every time they're on screen, it works. And they're just such a joie de vivre and everything. It's like it's even the most awful television can have moments of not just brilliance, but kindness and loving kindness. Just mwah. that's a chef's kiss moment. So, yes, Vlad, I got to push back there. I got to push back. All right. Uh, okay. Then Shashank uh, saying to Jelly uh, Jelly Duck, uh, complimenting each other. Excellent. And seeing each other's work. That is awesome. Okay. Vlad says, uh, hey, we're actually catching up. But Vlad says, first man is interesting because it devi- defies the heroic leading man. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a your standard. Okay. Armstrong was all about being an astronaut and his family is a distant second. That's what we learned. Mm. When also just a quiet guy, you know, we, we, we like our extroverts. We, uh, as a, <laughs> me being such a noteworthy counter example to that. Uh, as a family, we went down to Mount Rushmore as a sort of a summer trip a bunch of years ago, 2013, I think it was. And uh, Neil Armstrong had died that month, and it was it was a couple weeks after, and and we were sitting at whatever holiday, and we were at you know there's a bit of a pool deck, and uh, and uh, I, I sort of asked an older guy, he was sitting there, and he he said, I said, you know, why are all the flags at half mast? And uh, he says, uh, you're not from here, are you? And I said, no, I'm from Canada. He goes, well, we we lost we lost a great man uh, this month. Uh, uh, he went. He went. He sort of went on, and he sort of mm-hmm. said he went very far. His name was Neil Armstrong, and I thought, oh, that's kind of. Well, I said, yeah, I know. I mean, we're just in Canada. We're not in, uh, you know, we're not on another planet. But uh, it was kind of a sweet, sweet. We're not moment. from the moon. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't being a dick about it, but he, he was just sort yeah. of. It was almost like a sort of a storytelling kind of moment, uh, yeah. and uh, and it was kind of neat. Okay. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna change now. Um, uh, Lost in the real Sean says, "What is everyone's favorite George Clooney film? Whether he's starring or directed or both." I, I let's let's strip that down. He's directed five six movies, maybe seven or eight. Does anyone? Most recent was Suburbicon, but he did Monuments Men before that. Uh, his first was. Oh, um, oh, that Chuck, uh, yeah, biopic, the, the most dangerous man, or the. I'm looking it up now. Films directed: Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Thank you. Good night, good um, luck. Heads, Ides of March, Monuments Men, uh, Suburbicon, and Midnight Sky. Do you think, guys? Like, as far as and and Jim, I'll ask uh, ask this to you and to everyone else in the chat. Is this is this a movie, is Clooney improving as a director, or is this a... Because you could argue, as much as I enjoyed this film, 
as much as it got me in the feels. In a lot of ways, it's a pretty standard film. I couldn't say it's like... It, Clooney does like, I think, sentimental, hopeful, like in many respects. And somebody talked about Spielberg and the dad thing. Mm -hmm. I, he is derivatives to pejorative. I, I don't mean it that way. But he's definitely, I think, putting himself in that hopeful class mm -hmm. of director. Um, but yeah, do, can you really say it's like something where it's like, is he... Is he capturing something or is he... Well, is he, uh, yeah, like, I mean, does he have a thing? style? Does he have a... You know, it's trying to kind of nail that down. And other than the subject material, oh, the Suburbicon with the Cohen brothers, you know, helping write it yeah. and that, it's a totally not his yeah. usual MO. Um, and leather, Leatherheads is a sort of a uh, period comedy, you know, yeah. kind of broad and wugga wugga a little bit, you know. <laughs> Way more wugga wugga than this, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I you know what I, I'd have to watch several of them together. I think um, I, I think he can benefit from a, a strong director that's not necessarily him. Uh, one of my favorite movies with him, although I haven't seen it in a few years, is Three Kings, uh, and that was. Um, but he did not. That's not his. Like he didn't produce it, didn't direct no, it. Just You know, like he was he was in it. You know, he was a big name in it, like part of the, I, I suspect he had a producer credit as a yeah. big name, but David it's not Russell, like he, that jerk, yeah. <laughs> that miserable prick. All right. Uh, Shashank. I think what Hollywood movies since the nineties have done is conditioned our brains to think of space sci-fi films as big epics that are full of action calls it the Armageddon effect. I would push back on that Shashank. I, I, you got to look at Star Wars and yeah, like space movies are so even the more sci-fi, the they're trying to be hard sci-fi, uh, are still so affected by Star Wars. I, especially on that epic scale, that big scale. Um, yeah, I think, and, and again, this is, I, I would I would argue actually this is barely a science fiction movie in some ways. It's really man versus nature and end of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not dealing with the science fiction idea. Like there's what's the sci-fi idea? You know, we do space travel. It's not that new. Um, we're we do have like there's an existential dread about what we're doing to the planet. But they're not even dealing, they're not even really dealing with that. It's really about a guy trying to save his daughter, full stop, at the end of the world. It's the road. Yeah. You know? Did, did he know that it was his, I know he checked on the status of the spaceships and the missions that were on there. Did he, did he know that was, was oh. that a surprise to him? Or was he sort no, of following? No, he knew. I think okay. that's the whole, like he... He knew what he was trying to save was his daughter. That's yeah, why he was going there. Always knew it because he okay. was here. Give me an update. And as soon as Ether's still at, he, went, he didn't listen to the rest of the list right yeah. at the beginning. He knew who she was. 
like, you know, it's like Sullivan and my daughter, you know, like, yeah, he knew. She didn't, but he did. And, uh, you know, there's his psychological. And then it's almost like the ghost of his, of the daughter who is, let's say, dead metaphorically, the, the, the child. You know, he's haunted by her, which is part of what drives him forward to save the real daughter. You know, which I thought was a super poignant ending. Yeah. Jeez, now I'm getting choked up. Uh-oh. Like, this is... This was the good in this movie. Well, you know, tricky a bit. This another nice aspect about this movie was the internal lives of characters, and there's only, I think there's only one other real hint of it, unless I'm mistaken. But the uh, Sanchez, the Spanish uh, specialist Sanchez, um, he says, you know, my daughter. I had a daughter. She died. She was four. But Mm -hmm. when I can't fall asleep. I used to pretend that, uh, you know, daydream, essentially, that yeah. Maya and her were friends. Yeah. And they would talk about boys or school or, or whatever. Yeah. And so that sort of uh, happens to be another daughter, uh, mm-hmm. but also sort of speaks to the interior life of people that that isn't always talked about in, in these, you know, in, in movies, but in these types of movies. Yeah. All right. So back to the comments for a bit. Uh, Shashank says he liked Up in the Air. And the Ides of March. Ides of March, I have not seen. Uh, have you seen the Ides of March, Jim? Well, we talked about it for our political uh, course there. That's or, right. Or yeah, yeah. Or... In for the election ramp up. Yeah, I think it made. Looks it like the... we're moving into a whole movie theme for a month or so. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Another. Okay, Vlad. Another movie in the genre that is better but smaller is Moon, uh, directed by David Jones. Yeah, I. Well, and the, there though, I think that's a science fiction movie. Moon, mm-hmm. you I know, uh, seen it. it's on the list, but I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Well, I haven't seen it either. I'm just, what, from what I know, maybe we put it on the list. Put it mm-hmm. on our list. Actually, we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in that. Thanks for bringing it up, Vlad. Okay, the Upside Down. Uh, I'll have to watch more George Clooney films. Now that it's being asked, I haven't really seen many of his movies. He hasn't actually made a lot, like as as a as a director. Um, it is well a handful, you know um, that might be. Oh, the Descendants, uh, Lost in the Rule, real. The Descendants is definitely his favorite, and can't go wrong with the Ocean's films. Uh, great, one of my favorite director quotes. Um, now, of course, I can't remember who directed Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. Thank you. In reference to Ocean's 11, because, of course, he's done great indie indie films, uh, upscale indie films. Um, but he says he's referring to, uh, in a way, defending his choice to make this. He's like, ah, sometimes you want a bonbon. You know, and Ocean's Eleven is a great Bon Bon film. Uh, the Descendants, less so. Uh, <laughs> Could really, although it's a feel-good family film. Another film about fatherhood and being a husband. The, the, the dean from Community won an Oscar for screenplay. Jim Rash, yeah, a well-deserved one. I did like that movie. That was mm-hmm. great. Um, well, uh, although, mind you, 
do you think it'll stick with us in another 10 years? Uh, that's, yeah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and the volume of stuff coming out too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we can, that's, that's a whole other yeah. conversation. But, yeah. Uh, for, for next week, for our next show. Certain things stick around. For a year certain, end. Yeah, yeah. Certain things okay. don't, you know, I, I find that I, I, there's still Lord of the Rings references all over the place. Yeah. But, but not necessarily other series, right? So. Yeah. Okay, uh, the Upside Down, I've only seen the female Oceans film, Oceans 8. Definitely watch at least Oceans 11, I would say. You know, as a, a almost a throwback to a Rat Pack style. Um, great ensemble cast. Yeah, worth your time. Shashank agreeing uh, regarding o- Oceans. Uh Lost in the real. So I'm assuming The Midnight Sky will not be shown up uh, uh, on a list of Clooney's best films. I don't know. Like, I... This is kind of what I'm I'm wondering about is... How... Like, I would argue that his films, he doesn't have any... Wow, that was amazing. And then, oh, this was a... You know, he doesn't have a hit or miss. This is all... I would actually call all his films ground balls. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the critics and even the fans are too hard on this film. Um, you know, I'm not sure what they were expecting, you know, to give it such a low score. Uh, you know, I, I'm, well, at the end, Jim and I always give our, hey, do we think it's worth your time? I might be foreshadowing it a little. Um that said, yeah, does he have a great film? I I don't think he does as a director. As a director, yeah. No, and I mean, actually, yeah, uh, monuments. Man, I looked forward to, but it sort of came out as a little bit flat, you know. And yeah, that's there's there's there is an air an airplane movie, mm-hmm. you know, to quote Shashank, to Amen. use Shashank's reference. Great hook, great subject. Yeah. I read the book, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I think they and tried he to came up with like around. a puff piece. Yeah. Yeah. You know, bit, like yeah. it really was a, yeah, light. And, and maybe this is, maybe we're discovering Clooney's directorial challenge. He wants to be, you know, because you don't want to be that actor, director is like, it's going to be all about my role. But this one really was about his role. You can have that B plot. We do need to know who the daughter is because she is the stakes. In the end, it's about saving those folks on the spaceship, his daughter. So we do need to know who they are. So much of it we didn't need, though. Uh, just give us an idea get us to like them and then we know why and then we we're okay going back to something Sheshank said earlier about rooting for him you're going to root for him because you're rooting for who he's trying to save um you know plus the little girl the adorable little girl all right um so yeah uh yeah i'm not sure he's made any things where you can say there's not enough there to put it in a ranking. I don't think Sean Chandler could rank them, or he'd rank them all as between five and six. <laughs> you know, 5.1, 5.2. And this is best, a solid six out of ten, you know. All right. Um, the Upside Down. I mean, Wonder Woman just went up against a cheetah. 
Not quite sure what we're referring to in the chat. So I'm going to skip past that for a second, uh, Dan. All right. What else do we got here? Vlad, gravity was woman versus space disaster. Referring to my question about that, you know. Um, And yeah, she did. That was the struggle. She was against that nature. She had to survive. Yeah. Thank you very much, Vlad65. All right. Uh, Richard answering a different question. Uh, space movies like The Martian, Contact, Arrival, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Interstellar, though have some quibbles with each of them. Reasonably so. All right. Keep going. Um, Lost in the Real. Okay, this is uh, this is Sheshank talking to Lost in the Real. Not even close. He has done much better films. Sheshank, I disagree with you. He has not. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, sort of interject myself there. Um, and and we really have to say, we've got to make a, a difference here, I think, in what he's directed and acted yeah. in versus other films he's acted in. You're yeah. comparing apples to oranges. you got to compare this, because he performed well in this. I, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> I bought him, you know, um, but he directed this. Yeah, and this is... Above average for his directing, but is that saying much? Okay, Vlad65. Musk should listen to Space Junk by TiVo. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Ahmed thinks Leo should deserves more Oscars. Assuming Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, Although, you know what? Maybe we'll get into this later. Uh, Jim, like in the season when we're getting up to Oscar date, but it's like, I don't know. Does anyone deserve an Oscar? <laughs> you know, let the body of work speak, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, we'll like see. that's, yeah. Well, we'll see when they come up with the list that usually okay. crystallizes. Oh, Richard's wondering about the loose end. The, the movie, did the movie ever address what the movie would be named? Uh, I assumed it would be by after the crew member who died. Yeah, Richard, I figured that too. That's exactly uh, what I thought. <laughs> but I'm glad we didn't get that answer, though, Jim. I don't know about you, but it'd be like, it, it may have gotten cut because they're like, oh, that's really on the nose. Yeah. And yeah. we've been pretty, we've been bopping that nose a lot in the space stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. Looking forward to an announcement, as well you should. All right, Katie passes the baby test. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, Katie also agrees with uh, Vlad about Sweet Caroline in 2049. I don't know, it rhymes even. Timeless. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jim. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for support. <laughs> uh, I should mention to Katie that uh, I was I was thinking her when I was watching Christmas right, Carol on, on Christmas Eve uh, that uh, uh, lots of children in danger in this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shashank, I wouldn't be able to comment on that. Haven't seen enough of his films to comment. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, check him out. Like it is, he he takes. Maybe not big swings, but he is 
Um, what was his second film? It was about Edward R. Murrow. Good night uh, and good luck or something? Thank or? you, yeah. Uh, I, definitely worth watching. Uh, shot in black and white. I want to say he tre- he shot it live, like live to tape, but it mm-hmm. was live. Like I mean, in you know, remembering in his own his own family's old television days, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of got a cool backstory. You see his politics in that. Uh, good one to take a look at. Shashank, the chat has been lively today. You're absolutely right, Shashank. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh my goodness. I'm actually, we're getting to the, I feel like we're, we're working on our homework, Jim. We're just forever behind. <laughs> People will say, this will be the word of mouth. Oh yeah. Rob, Jim, they have this neat little show. Anyway, the chat's great. <laughs> okay. Lost in the real. I don't think Clay Clooney has created much of a personal style as a director. And it seems as if his films are getting progressively worse. I, yeah, maybe. I, 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 I keep thinking they're progressively right there in the middle band. Nothing breaks out. Nothing's truly awful. It's all just maybe thinking out loud, Jim. Do you think maybe his as a filmmaker he just plays it too safe? Uh, I, I think at this stage, you, you sort of uh, of his career. He sort of kind of knows what he wants. You know, Clint Eastwood, for instance, is famous for, for you know, doing one one take or two takes. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. you know your lines. Okay. All right. Action. <laughs> Cut. Beautiful. Time for lunch. And so. <laughs> well, I, I how think... much is that is because he is a geriatric and he's like, <laughs> okay, I, I, yeah, I really need that app now. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, it might be the the stage at where he's at. Um, uh, I, I don't know. He, he, I think he probably knows what he wants. But uh, yeah, some guys are sort of quick and dirty about it. Other people, you know, have a big torturous process. He's, he's certainly not Terrence Malick, for instance. But no. uh, you know, there, there's, I mean, there's a there's a journeyman aspect, I think, to his that, movies. Well, as, as like almost like a studio director. Yeah, I get hired. I make the movie. I get hired again because they all know I'll make the movie. <laughs> I'm at but home it, by five. <laughs> it doesn't have, yeah. but that's the thing, though. It's not like he has to. Yeah. You know, it's it's a. Uh, I'm comparing him uh, unfavorably in this way to Ben Affleck, who I still resent over Argo as a Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I. There is a guy who's like committed to making, to making a like a quality film, yeah. uh, and is willing to, you know, willing to look bad, like you know, yeah. Whereas I don't think, yeah, I think George, like it's it's all super, almost cap. There's a Capper esque vibe to his films, and yeah, you know, oh well. Uh, okay, uh, where are we here? Okay. We did talk about that. Okay. Uh, Vlad, I I like Clooney as an actor, but I find him second tier as a director. As Jim says, he's better in films directed by others. Yeah, like his his directing output is, you know, 
as much as I still like this film, notwithstanding its problems. <laughs> oh, look at this. We got another congratulations from Freestream. And that really is, folks, you know what? That is uh, really a thank you to you guys. And uh, with that in mind, no good deed goes unpunished, right, Jim? Yeah. No. I think uh, it's time to ask you all. Oh, wait, I can't believe I'm hiding that. Listen, it's time to oh, ask yeah. you all, beg for the like. Beg for the subscription. And then don't forget to ringy-ding that bell. I'm like a muppet. My head moves when my arms move, too. <laughs> Do you remember in 30 Rock, they had like a whole episode where they would cut yeah. in and out of becoming muppet? muppet characters yeah. right down to the flop as they... Yeah. <laughs> brilliant and i think they every now and then they'd have a call they'd have a call back to that in later yeah. episodes but there's what yeah that's right it was how kevin the page Somebody would seize them all oh that's right that's, that's right. how he sees them all yeah. it's yeah. like they're all muppet characters all right uh oh upside down Wonder Woman against Cheetah, against a Cheetah, against the wom woman against nature. Damn it, that was good. Now I feel like a schmuck that I didn't pick up the play. Are you not? Are you not picking up the play there, Jim? Sorry, I was just. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I was just catching up with the messages. <laughs> I was getting lost in the messages there. I was just a little, okay. I'm trying to read, Rob. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Um, okay. Here. Wait a sec. Here. Oh my goodness. Okay. Jelly Duck. I think George has got seven films as a director. Yep. Vlad sixty five. Geez, we are ninety minutes into this, and no mention of a little sci fi space film called two thousand one. Not true. Somebody had actually mentioned it as one of their favorites. I believe it was Richard. Oh. Oh. Did he? Okay. But I. I, I think in a way, why? We, Yes, they're both in space, but they're so fundamentally different films. I don't even think they're in the same genre. Like, uh, I think the Western in some ways is the only one that is location, like a genre wrapped in location. Whereas this is, yeah, they're two different genres. Like 2001 is a space, is a science fiction movie. This is not a science fiction movie. Yeah. You know, it it barely it has maybe a toll hold, a figure fingernails in science fiction, but is firmly within that man versus nature and uh uh you know, father saving daughter, you know, kind of movie. Disaster movie in a way. Oh, another yeah, very much a disaster movie trope, the father trying to save the daughter. Yeah. Never the son. <laughs> or rarely the sun, I should say. Uh, Shashank. Uh, Vlad, I love that film. Quite hypnotic. Seemed to have inspired er erections of monoliths across the globe. I, I read that wrong initially. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good one. Good, good point, Shashank. Uh, yeah, Vlad, I agree with you. 
it's not a it's it's not even not a true one. It's not a sci-fi film. Like I think we've Oblivion was a sci-fi film. It had a sci-fi idea. You know, um, this is yeah yeah it's sentimental. But I'm I'm not reading it as a pejorative. Like I mean, there's room for that. Like it is. It's a it's still just about a guy trying to save his kid. Mm-hmm. That's the movie against nature. All that nature can throw against him. Uh, Sheshank, I do think the IMDb rating and the Rotten Tomatoes rating was quite hard on the film. Thank you, Sheshank. Uh, I am saying that as a person who didn't like the film. <laughs> oh, damned with faint praise. <laughs> what did you got? What did you think, Jim, about the 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 reviews and the rating? Like, I mean, you was, want me to put the summary up again? No, it was kind of, uh, it was almost sort of the um, opposite of, you know, again, back when we had functioning movie theaters, whenever there was a, a movie that came out and the critics savaged it, they would always do those audience reaction commercials. You know, like they have that, yeah. Oh, like just as they came out. Oh, that was great. It's great for the whole family. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing, right, honey? And and so this was sort of the opposite of that. Like it, it uh, um, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's because it sort of has that. I think underlying, you know, it's three or two and a half people la- left of the human race and two guys voluntarily go down to get radiation poisoning. Uh, you know, it's not the most hopeful ending. And I think people pick up on that. Yeah. And, and especially this year. Um, yeah. It does seem like a bit of a harsh, uh, a judgment on this movie. It, it, I mean, it wasn't my favorite movie of the year, but it, it had some no. definite, uh, definite good qualities. Uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I suspect it's almost a law that you have to have a hopeful ending. And even even if you're listening to like bad news lectures on CBC, like the Masty series or something, every guy who's sort of reciting his his sort of his essay, his hour long essay, or every man or woman uh, ends it in a in a hopeful note. Even even though the preceding forty five minutes, all they've given you is bad news. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so well, it, it's and- sort of a rule that you have to have. And, and yeah, there is hope. And but... a North American and even more so an American mm-hmm. almost requirement. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point, Jim. Um, I want to come back to that. Let's uh, get through some of these comments, but I do want to come back to it. Okay. Um, first of all, yes, Vlad, I believe he did. Live on TV remake of Failsafe. That was on TV about 20 years ago. That was black and white and quite good. Yeah. And, I, um, and maybe I was mixing up the uh, uh, good night and good luck with this, with this remake of Failsafe. Um, yeah. So, Vlad, I, I and, and it was quite good, but I think part of it was it was kind of a ballsy move. Now, I do want to go back. It, it's funny. That was a great. Um, a great 
point you brought up and Sheshank brought about the harshness of the judgment, and maybe it was. And now I got to give him props, actually. Maybe it was, but maybe he is a bit more of a, he's a subtler, but it was a gutsy, it is a gutsy call to go, no, he's going to die. The, the, the metaphorical little girl ain't making it. No one's living. You know, there is, we don't even get to see the Mitchell character reunited with his family. I We're kind of left to assume they didn't make it. You know, like it, they were just goners anyway. Um, and you're right, that graduate moment at the end takes a little bit of that hopefulness away. Um, and maybe it was an honest acknowledgement on screen of the fact that there are two people left. And yes, they have one kid, but they're probably going to all die. Humanity may have just died right then. Yeah. You know, um, there is no colony ship. There's a resupply ship, but not a colony ship. You know, um, no one's going to add to their little genetic pool. So, yeah, maybe uh, it's, it's more. And, yeah, you're right. Uh, they, it, we seem to be hooked on hope as a thing. Yeah. Uh, and if it doesn't have that requisite amount of hope, you know, like uh, uh, the, the audience uh, can sometimes feel ripped off. Okay. And they still have to um, deliver the thing too. So, okay. <laughs> Shashank says, but incorrectly, this is not the last show. We are going to do a show on the 30th. Uh, more details to follow. But Shashank says, this is the last show of 2020, and I'd like to thank you for making this tough year special. Rob, it's been great getting to know you through the YouTube course and collaborating with you guys. Has, and this is a one of two, uh, here's number two of two, has been great. I remember when I first watched the Five Bloods podcast and loved it. That was a great show, wasn't it, Jim? <laughs> I know it's not all these best of year end lists, but uh, whatever. They're idiots. Amateurs. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> uh, as I love, amateurs. as I dive into the sentimentality of a father saving a little girl, saving his daughter. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. I remember when I first watched the Defy Bloods podcast and watched and loved it. I will. I'll pin that. I'll pin it in the comment afterwards for folks uh, so that they know the podcast we're talking about. Uh, here's to great 2021. Thank you very much, Shashank. The YouTube course has introduced me to a community of great people, a few of which, uh, Lost in the Real, Sean from Lost in the Real, Dan from The Upside Dan, uh, are here tonight. And yeah, it, it has been. I couldn't agree more with you, uh, Shashank. Jim, you have any... Uh, Anything to add on that wonderful uh, sentiment from uh, Shashank? No, I just, it was, it's actually, uh, uh, it's been a lot, the experience of going online is a lot richer when I, when you know the people that you're sort of communicating with and they're not just sort of anonymous, you know, trolls. It's actually quite the opposite. What's the opposite of a troll? But, uh, know a fairy a human being <laughs> yeah, a human, yeah. Right. well you know what uh, there's the troll who's doing it for comedy and sometimes they can be great you know the, the one who chimes in but what about those radioactive super tomatoes you know yeah. but the yeah you're, you're absolutely right we, we've been blessed jim with people who've joined us who are an honest they're they're having an honest conversation they're not uh I saw a terrible hot take on Twitter where a guy was saying, you know, Tom Hanks has never really been in a great movie. 
It's like, it's so, and then, and even says, well, maybe those two, but the rest are meh. It's like, okay, you're just an asshole. You're an asshole saying something ridiculous to get traction, you know. Contrarian kind of yeah. superpower, but yeah. That has not been our folks mm-hmm. at all. The great no. chatters. You know what? Willing to put out their opinion, willing to back it up. I, yeah, I think we've been really, really fortunate. Yeah. Um, Lost and Real says, uh, you do have a good point about his directed films being right in the middle, Rob. I think Dangerous Mind... And good night and good luck showed some promise in a directing style, but the rest are middling. Yeah, no, that's a like, it's a, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, there's promise, and then all of a sudden, well, uh, meh. Um, all right, <laughs> the upside down 2001 looks amazing on 4K. I am sure it does. I've never seen it on 4K. I did, though, make a short film. Literally mimicking the first three and a half minutes of the movie, except except it was about coffee. I even uh, secured the rights to, uh, I got somebody, a local uh, uh, musician, to create uh, Thus Spak Zarathustra uh, for it. I might bring it on the show one of these days. Okay, uh, Upside Dan... um, yeah, Shashank, the YT course has been, the YouTube course, it's been great for meeting this great community. We're all part of a great community, Jim. Makes me feel so good. Uh, Shashank, the Upside Down, it's been wonderful. Looking forward to see all our channels grow in 2021. More. And then Vlad65. Ah, okay. Rob, the film chooses the end of humanity as a canvas, having the surprise of who the Eve on the New Earth happens to have as a dad was, well, just self-indulgent. He directed the Goodnight movie. You know what? I think I, I want to read the book. I want to see where the book, what the book was. Was it a self-indulgent moment? Have, yeah. have they changed that much? I don't think they have, but you may have a, you may have a point there. Or are you saying, Vlad, that he should have picked a different actor? Because I, I really do think that's so integral to the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, his 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 personal interest in this. I'm not sure you could have done it if it was just, well, I just want to save these people to save humanity. There, there are some differences in the book. Uh, I don't want to, you know, even though we're in the spoiler zone, it's a book's a spoiler zone, so I don't want to enter into that but especially with her character there's some differences okay well i have to check it out i have to circle back i'm going to put a pin in that vlad and maybe comment it on a later later show you kind of stuck sticking with us for a little longer there vlad it is what it is okay achman's gotta go probably had to go half an hour ago achman Thanks so much for coming. And if we don't see you on the 30th, uh, you have a great rest of the year. 2020 has been awful, but uh, we can always have hope for 2021, eh? Oh, and Among Us, we are going to play that. Okay. Shesheng chimes in. It's been a great movie watching weekend. I've seen five movies in the course of the past two days. Mank, Soul... Midnight Sky, El Camino, and Ack versus Ack. I'm not sure about that last one. Oh, uh, Bollywood. 
I'm looking at it. I think it, it is Bollywood. I think I saw something on Twitter about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we get into your final thoughts, Jim, um, why don't we? Uh, I guess we got a couple of things to talk about. One is the thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Haven't even decided a time yet, but uh, we are going to. Oh, Vlad sixty five's got to go. Hey, Vlad. Vlad, yeah, thanks here. for thanks for coming by, man. Thanks for bringing your. Thanks for bringing it. Yeah, that's that was awesome. awesome. Um. The 30th, uh, Jim and I are going to do, uh, it'll be our end of the year wrap up show. No particular movie to talk about. We're, we're going to talk about, uh, the best, the worst, the crazy, and maybe comment some hot takes on some of the news that came out in film, maybe a few predictions. So, uh, hope you guys can make it for that. Uh, I'm kind of, kind of excited. Jim and I have been doing this for, Eight and a half months now. Like we're coming up on our ninth month. Oh, excuse me. Um, and uh, then I think, uh, Jim, do you want to... Here, let me uh, let me make sure I got... I'm ready for this. Jim, do you want to introduce... Uh, we made a, a bit of a, a change in our uh, programming. Uh, do you want to introduce uh, our next movie for January the 3rd? Yeah. Sorry, I was just improving my posture as I was about to introduce the movie. <laughs> uh, the next movie is a French production. Uh, co- oh, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Not a French production. That's right. What are you, you talking about? Tenant. Aha! <laughs> 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 uh-huh. It was a joke. Uh, no, we are watching Tenant, which uh, which would appeal to uh, several other people uh, that are in our uh, conversation today, uh, a specific request. So, uh, partially shot in Estonia, which I'm looking forward to, but... Uh, yeah, so we're doing tenant. Yeah. Um, it's interesting what what we're going to be doing. It, 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 the next, the first couple of weeks of January, we're looking at what I would call travel films, um, and uh, this is a time travel movie. After that, we're going to be looking at another film that's also kind of travel oriented. I know that we can't travel, but we do have uh, uh, access to subject uh, subject matter expert, and uh, hopefully, uh, uh, and by hopefully, I know she's going to uh, uh, she will be uh, joining us in in, uh, in on the show to co-host uh, at least one of these uh, uh, to talk about travel. And how we relate to it, how we remember it, that kind of thing. I am uh, actually, Jim, I'm thinking I might even uh, ask uh, ask this mystery guest uh, if she'll join us, if she'll join us for the uh, um, for even Tenet. Because uh, okay. it is a travel movie. It really yeah, is about so, time travel. It's so about... Looking, what's I was that? so looking forward to the, the next one that I personally travel through time that's what threw me off so uh. <laughs> that's my there story. you go <laughs> uh, all right uh back to the chat briefly uh okay look uh all right actually fine okay you know what we'll do the, we'll we'll let's blow through the chat blow through the chat Folks, every one of your comments is important. We're not blowing through anything. Uh, but we'll go through the chat, and then we'll get final thoughts. Okay? All right. Uh, hallelujah from Sean at Lost in the Real. 
a man who does want to see us do talk about Tenet. A man who perhaps wants to talk about Tenet himself. All right. Uh, the Upside Dan, also excited to talk about Tenet. Um, Sheshank, looking forward to it. You guys have done some amazing work. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we're really, yeah, Jim, I'm really kind of amazed we've done, yeah. we've accomplished what we've accomplished. This yeah. has been great. Okay. Oh, and another one. Yes, looking forward to Tenet. All right. And, uh, and of course, it sucks that I haven't been able to watch it on the big screen. I'd been eagerly awaiting to watch it and the pandemic hit. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I perhaps, and, uh, you know what, maybe Sean, uh, I'll reach out to Sean. Sean, I'm going to reach out to you on this. Uh, uh, you know what, maybe I'll, uh, yeah, I'm going to reach out to you. But yeah, Sheshank, same with me. It's, it's, uh, we're watching it streaming, eh? And you and I will connect on that, uh, 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 on that, uh, outside the show as well. All right. Uh, Jim, what are your, what's your, uh, oh, Richard's asking where's Tenet available? It is available on Google Play Movies. It's probably the priciest thing we've ever recommended because you kind of have to buy it right now. Although that usually changes pretty quickly and it might happen as early as January 1st. Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure. Actually, I'm not sure at all. I'm just, I live in, I live in a, a fantasy world of hope that prices fall. <laughs> all right. Um, Jim, where was I? Your final, final thoughts. Yeah. What do you uh, further to the the science fiction or, or space uh, favorite space movies or science fiction in this case? Uh, I, I I know we didn't get to our own, but uh, my my favorite, especially most recently, was probably District Nine. Uh, that was just a dynamite movie, and, and you know it was all kinds of things. So that's I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> Another good one too is uh, set in space, Galaxy Quest. I, I think that's maybe <laughs> that a great movie. Yeah, starring Alan Rickman uh, amongst others in a bit of an ensemble. But uh, yeah, just a fantastic, uh, fantastic movie. No, this one's uh, you know it's 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 if you're a George Clooney fan, it's pretty good. It's you know, an interesting movie, especially for 2020. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say it's it's worth watching. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I'd say it's worth watching. Not perfect, and there are some issues, but uh, yeah, not a bad addition. Uh, but uh, yeah, what do you? And, and obviously, Rob quite loved it. So, well. I'm not going to say I loved it. Like I, you know, I'm I'm with everyone on a lot of the criticisms of the space stuff, and uh, I definitely, um, I definitely see a lot of people's points here. I just really got into the Clooney storyline and of him trying to save this little girl who ends up, spoiler alert, being his daughter actually on the ship and I thought that was handled well and it was a nice little adds poignancy and also saves little girl because I was like getting hard that well they're gonna do something it's not gonna be just okay now sweet I'll just hug you as we die of asphyxia whatever you know 
Here, you can be eaten by wolves because the dialysis is... I haven't been getting my treatments or... The craft dinner's that way. (laughs) Try not to set yourself on fire like you did before. Um... Yeah, I I liked that. I got into it emotionally. Um, you know, so I, I would say, yeah, it's worth your time, but I, I'm not, oh, God, you must see this movie. More the, I, I think it is. I think you got to be understanding and this, you know, going to something Vlad said, a lot of people said, it's not a science fiction movie. Don't expect Armageddon or even Deep Impact. Because actually, in some ways, this reminded me of Deep Impact. Um, it's not that it doesn't, it ends on a poignant note, not on a hopeful one. There is no, you know, there's maybe some rebuilding, but you know, it's like dawned on them like that last moment. I'm not sure it was quite, it, it evokes the graduate, but I suspect it's as much a, oh, wow, we're in the shit now. We're alone. Like, can you imagine? I'd be like, wow, we're we're truly alone. We're not out on a mission. We're alone. Yeah. Like alone, alone. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, but yeah, I'd still say, yeah, it's worth your time. It's on streaming, you know, worth an evening. Have the, be open to it and have the tissue box ready. That's my take. There's my hot take folks. All right. Um, Okay, Jim, you'll uh, hang out in the green room, green room while I uh, while while I uh, push us out here, uh, folks. Again, thank you all so much. Thank you, uh, thank you, uh, Dan. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Katie. Uh, thanks, Shashank. I know you've left already, but thank you so much. Uh, thanks, Sean. Uh, thanks, Vlad. You've gone already, but you never know. You might come back to catch the last couple of minutes. Um, Thank you, uh, thank you, Ahmed. Uh, thank you all for uh, popping in, for bringing your A game, making our chat one of the best. Uh, you know what? And having your own, as Jim said, you're like community. You're having your own side adventures. <laughs> you know, you, uh, not even side adventures, just your own adventures. Uh, thank you all so much. And uh, yeah, I think with that in mind, I'm going to say. Catch us on the 30th, time TBD, probably going to be 8.30 Central Standard Time, but we'll get uh, 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 out on Twitter. Uh, speaking of which, uh, follow uh, follow me uh, on Twitter at Rob Christensen or Jim at JH Leboyko. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Let's take down this music and cue the credits. Jim and Rob Overanalyze Movies with Jim Chilboyko and Rob Christensen. Research by the Belmoral Street Research Irregulars, Katie Fowler and Richard Lennon. Copyright 2020 by Rob Christensen. All rights reserved.